most muscles in podcast and brother rights history. Welcome to the All Pulaski team. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. I'm Ben Colossa alongside my partners Jack Gavin and Leo Stoddaher. This is our uh, first official uh, episode. We taped the pilot. We got the okay. We're ready to go. How you guys? How you guys feeling? Pretty good. Pretty good. You know, pretty good. It's good to be here. Um, let's get this thing going. All right, just another quick breakdown. I don't know if we have any loyal listeners from last year. It's going to be a little different. Uh, all the respect in the world to Eddie Barry and Brendan Reedy, two alumnus of Brother Ice TV. But uh, we're going to be going in a little bit of a different direction this year. So we're going to uh, start us out. The NFL is back. It's it's here. Uh, Josh Gordon from the Cleveland Browns, finally back in football after, was it four years away? Three. Three years away, excuse me. But Josh Gordon. He's here to stay. He had three catches for 69 yards and a touchdown in his second week back, and he just made the Packers look silly. And he also got into a fight with the Packers TVs on Twitter, which is also some NFL receivers do. That was bigger than the actual game. I bigger. Think that yeah. was asserting himself. He's back now. Now he's really back. Another thing about uh, Josh Gordon, though, with that performance was the sunglasses on the sideline. That's like, I mean, is that the... NFL version of the turnover chain because Corey Coleman, when he scored the touchdown later in the game for the Browns, he put on the sunglasses. It wasn't exactly a sunny day in Cleveland, so obviously those are day yeah. in Cleveland. <laughs> yeah, well, obviously those were like a, a sh- for show, but I think it's I think it's the NFL turnover chain. I think it's just a, a nice gimmick to make something to get people talking about Cleveland Browns football. Just anything you can do to get people talking that's that's a good thing. And yeah, and I mean. How about the Browns just having their hearts ripped out after what it looked like is going to be their first victory in, is it two years now almost? This is going to be their second? No, because, yeah, no. They won. A year. About a year. Yeah, about a year. They won week 15 of last year. Was that against the Chargers? Yeah. Uh, But the thing about this this Browns team is, I mean, they, they play hard. They do. But Hugh Jackson just is an overrated head coach. I mean, can you call him underrated? Like, he hasn't had... He coached one year with the Raiders, and then he's had a team that's so bad. He's an I'm not surprised player. he's only won one game. So I don't know if it's fair to say that he's a bad coach. But at the same time, this draft will probably determine whether or not he sticks around long term in Cleveland. But don't don't call him winless just yet. The Bears are coming up. <laughs> Bears are in a couple weeks. Hey, they just uh, they took down fellow AFC North uh, Cincinnati Bengals. Bears are three and zero in the AFC North. You know, I think it's it's tough to judge Hugh Jackson just by what he's done in Cleveland because you look at what he's had to deal with, how many different starting quarterbacks he's had, and what very little weapons he's had on both sides of the ball. You really, it's tough to ask anyone to make something out of that team. It's really just tough. They're contending for the number one pick every year he's been there, and even though they haven't really been able to do much, it's you maybe to give him one more chance to see what happens in this draft if he can really do something with what looks like another number one overall pick. And uh, one other takeaway for the other team in this game, Green Bay Packers, they're going to slide into the playoffs somehow, some no, way. No, they won't. Aaron Rodgers is going to nope. come back right like a phoenix. No. Phoenix rising from the ashes. Aaron Rodgers. NFC is too good. It, NFC is too good. If the I, Eagles if the Eagles were a wild card team and Wentz got hurt, now now the Packers have a shot. But they're, they're in what, their ninth place? And ahead of them are... Detroit, who they still have to play, and they're a tough out. Atlanta, I don't, I, I think they're too good to miss the playoffs. It'd be a shame if the Falcons miss the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they'll probably be one of the better teams the last decade to probably not make the playoffs. But moving on, has Case Keenum lost his job? 
No. No, I mean, I think they have a lot invested in Bridgewater. They obviously want to see Bridgewater come in and do something good. You know, he wasn't great when he started, but he was serviceable. But isn't that all, all you want out of Keenum? That's all they asked out of Case Keenum when he took over for Sam Bradford is be serviceable. You have a really good team around you. Let them win the games for you. You just be the field general and make sure you don't turn the ball over. And I know he hasn't done the greatest job of all time, but he's put up good numbers, and his team is in a position now without with Wentz, you know, off the Eagles, to seize the number one seed mm-hmm. and have home field advantage to the Super Bowl in their stadium. Yeah, Keenum has 2,983 yards, 18 touchdowns, 7 picks with a 96.2 QBR this year. He's been he's been better than serviceable at points. He looks like the quarterback of old from his days at the University of Houston. Well, yeah, you look at what he did in college. He's the FBS's all-time leading passer. And really, in the NFL, he's been nothing more than just a guy. Like, he hasn't been a true starting caliber quarterback that you want on your team. But this year with the Vikings, maybe it's because he's got a better caliber team of players around him, but he's looked serviceable and he's putting them in the position they're in. I think if you switch things up now, put Bridgewater in and, you know, give give away Keenum's job, it might shake things up. You, you have this momentum rolling going into the end of the season. Changing things up now might be detrimental. I mean, then if we really want to look at it like this too, are we going to have a three-way battle for starting quarterback in Minnesota next year? Between Bradford, Bridgewater, and Keenum. Oh, yeah. Three um, of the game's best game managers. I think they're getting rid of definitely one, one of them. They'll probably get two first-round picks for Sam Bradford. <coughs> uh, no, I think they can get two first-rounders for Bridgewater. They traded you Bridgewater. Bridgewater would be the, one, the odd man. I would, I would think they would keep Keenum just because he's proven himself and because he probably doesn't have the trade value that Bridgewater right. would have because NFL teams, other teams would... You know, they wouldn't see Case Keenum as being this great quarterback, but they see Bridgewater as younger and right, he's having younger, more, has more potential. potential. Yeah. yeah, so then I think they should probably end up trading Bridgewater. little uh, AFC East action between the Bills and the Colts of the AFC South. Uh, LaShawn McCoy was the real story in that game, plowing through the snow for uh, 156 yards, 30, uh, 32 carries and a touchdown. And LaShawn McCoy just... He wasn't bothered by the snow, it looked like. He looked like he was a little kid having fun. Well, I mean, Buffalo needed that one. At 6-6, six oh, yeah. and six, they're clinging to the postseason. They got to hope for, you know, they still have to play New England again, and, you know, that's a loss. So they're going to go, best best case scenario, they go 9-7. and seven. The Ravens could go 9-7, and seven, and I think the Ravens would still be in ahead of them. So, I mean, they're going to need help, but it's definitely a possibility. Maybe the, maybe the Titans fall off a cliff because they look like they could lose out. Like yeah, they don't look that like, does seem like a very real possibility. They, they might not get to the ninth win. So Buffalo just has to keep, at this point, keep their heads down and keep trudging. And LaShawn McCoy really helped them to win on, on Sunday in that blizzard. And that kind of looked like the, the LaShawn McCoy we used to see when he was with Philadelphia, how he could just take over games, win them by himself. It's just, it, who was, was it Peterman, the quarterback? I didn't watch Well, uh, Nathan Peterman, the great uh, future <laughs> of the Buffalo Bills, went down with an injury and, uh, we got to see a little Joe Webb action at quarterback. Him and uh, first Joe Webb sighting since 2013. <laughs> Joe Webb. Uh, let me just say, past. with his play in that game, I, did he earn himself a spot in a training camp as a quarterback? It's just oh, death. For sure. Anybody gets for a sure. shot at training camp. The position's so so bad in the NFL. But oh, it's yeah. But I think just seeing McCoy just take over a game like that, you knew he was going to get the ball pretty much every play, and he just still was able just to to run it. Get, get yards and just get the Bills to win. Yeah, let's also not forget about an old reliable on, uh, for the Colts, Frank Gore. I think he had about 32 carries and about 132 yards or so. 
He, yeah, he when's he gonna vintage. stop? When's he gonna stop? He that was his best game that I've seen in a long time since his days on the 49ers. Yeah, since about like 2012. That was like a 2012 Frank Gore performance right there. And he, uh, I don't know. I don't know when he's gonna stop because I think he's at a point where his body. You know, how many years can he keep up this pace as an NFL running back? It's one of the most physically demanding jobs right. in the world to be an NFL running back and take hit after hit. But the man got, what, 30, 30 how many carries? 32? 32, I think. 32 carries, and he kept getting up in the freezing cold, in the snow. I think he's got a few more years left in him. Yeah, I mean, his body's probably saying no, but his mind is saying yes. Oh, he's, I mean, he's a Hall of Famer. <laughs> it, it, I think the, he's a Hall of Famer. The fact that people even dispute it, he's a top five rusher of all time in yeah. yards. yeah. All right, then uh, moving on to the state of the AFC West. Just in general, the AFC West, is it the worst division in football? Yes and no. Yes, in that it, like, you just look at it and it's aesthetically displeasing to, to look at the two top teams <laughs> being 7-6 and six and to say, oh, the, didn't the Chargers start 0-4? And they're now tied for the division lead. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and teams like Oakland, who had perennial disappointment you know, they, yeah they disappointed everyone this season myself included um denver too denver's even bigger disappointment than oakland four nine vance joseph has to go has to go probably i mean, I mean the guy's having the time of his life but he's, <laughs> just he needs to uh he needs to get in control of that locker room that's been having the time needs of his to life find since that needs to find a quarterback but um oh come on they got brock they got uh they got trevor simeon a whole bunch of problems. i mean <laughs> They got a lot going on there. But, um, next. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a never-ending circus at quarterback for the Broncos. But but it's also, I think, noteworthy to say that if Kansas City can find the spark that they got the first few weeks, I think they can definitely return the AFC West by themselves to, to a legitimate division. It's going to take pretty much winning out at this point, which is something that they could do. I mean, they could do. I know all NFL coaches look at schedules and say, oh, the schedule doesn't matter. You could be playing the Browns or the Patriots. You have to take it the same way. But I think it's, you know, important to remember how hot the Chiefs started and who they beat. I mean, they bullied New England and New England. It doesn't then matter they beat at this point, though. Philadelphia. I know it doesn't matter at this point, but I'm just saying, what if they found what that? What they're capable of. What if they found that groove on both offense and defense they need to that go they back had to, in the first few weeks? They need to go back to their roots. And they did that this week with Kareem Hunt. And that's Hunt. why they won. With Kareem Hunt. And it wasn't even really close. No, they went back to their roots with Kareem Hunt. His first touchdown in nine weeks. Nine weeks, and you saw the results. They beat the Raiders 26-15. And, I mean, the Raiders are overrated, overhyped, but... They just need to move to Vegas at this point. They just need to go and start fresh. I hate that they're moving to Vegas, but that's what they need. That's what they need. I don't think they need to start fresh. No, I think they I, need to end this season. You know, I mean, put it in the put it in the rearview mirror. Yeah, but but teams have teams have had hot seasons and then come back and done absolutely nothing and then come back and like just look at Carolina. They go to the Super Bowl. They Super Bowl hangover for an entire season. They are very average, and now they've come back this year with a chance to win their division and make noise in the playoffs. So like it, you know it the same could be done for Oakland. They could uh they yeah. could use this momentum going forward. I think Oakland has a bright future. You know, you look at some of the pieces they have. If their car plays the way he did last season for when people thought he was an MVP candidate, they have a young number one wide receiver in Amari Cooper and you got mm. just a monster on the defensive side mm. of the ball in Khalil Mack. Mm. Amari Cooper. I'm not I'm not a fan. Derek Carr had a bad year. Though. I'm not a fan of Amari Cooper. No, if you're not going to be a fan of Amari Cooper, maybe it's Derek Carr you shouldn't be a fan. Yeah, well, the guy had a bad Amari Cooper also cannot catch the ball and I was completely right. I mean, we're going to 
this little fantasy talk now, just so you know. <laughs> oh, insight. I called it. I called with both those guys this year, and I mean, Michael Crabtree is a better wide receiver than Amari Cooper. I don't dispute that, but that doesn't mean Amari Cooper's necessarily a bad wide receiver. I'm not saying he's a bad wide receiver, but he can't catch. Amari Cooper cannot catch a so, football. Sounds like you're saying he's a bad wide receiver. <laughs> if you're saying he can't catch, he's a matchup nightmare. What is he? Great, he's a great. He's a great blocker. Like he's not. Yeah, the gritness is not with Amari <laughs> Cooper. But uh, moving on to not San Diego, the Los Angeles Chargers. Start that doesn't up. sound right. No, it does not. I mean, Philip Rivers is doing the right thing, keeping his family in San Diego. <laughs> But after that 0-4 start, they look like a dark horse team in the AFC. Yeah, but I also, I've, I've heard them called overrated, too, just because of their schedule. And they haven't played a lot of great teams in the, during their, you know, little run here of going 7-2. and two. But at the same, or 7-4, and four, whatever they're at. But um, I, I still think they have a chance that that game against Kansas City in two weeks will be the decider of the AFC West. Um, Oakland, I don't think, has a chance of sneaking in. Um, that will decide it. And remember, the Chargers have essentially been playing a 16-game road schedule mm-hmm. this season. Um, they're now entering the 14th game of that 16-game schedule. <laughs> that slate. But uh, they wouldn't... They Like, I'd, I'd feel great for Phillip Rivers if he could complete this turnaround. Because I feel like he's been the best quarterback with the least amount of help. And when he has had the help around him, you've seen what he does. He has the help. Keenan Allen and Melvin Gordon is about as good of a one-two combo you can get with sleep. He does have the help. and I mean, it's not like he's played poorly with that help. But, I mean, what I'm saying is if he can get into the playoffs, he'd be scary. Mm -hmm. Right. And you look at the quarterbacks of this this past generation, these past ten years. Can you think of a more underrated quarterback than Phillip Rivers? You look at where he lies in the all-time statistics list. His stats are there. He just needs maybe that Super Bowl win that, to truly assert himself as a crazier things have happened. Oh yeah, and I mean, talking about their schedule, they have Kansas City on the road coming up this weekend, and then they're at the Jets with Josh McCown with his hand broken. It's just time for the Jets to just uh, take a nose dive and just go down. Think about the rabbits. Of... <laughs> and then they're uh, Oakland at home, so away, but. Yeah, call it all. At, at, at worst, they're going to finish nine and seven. Every home game should have an asterisk next to it. In my opinion, the worst they'll finish is nine and seven. I'm highly likely that they'll win out and go ten and six. I think. I think so. I still think Kansas City's going to win the division. I think Kansas City's going to win an Arrowhead, and then it won't matter what the Chargers right. do. But then again, nine and seven is going to be good enough for the AFC for the wild card mm-hmm. since it's such just, a crappy conference if you compared just to the sneak NFC. In as a wild card, really anything can happen. Yeah, and uh, moving on to. The Jacksonville Jaguars. Why isn't anyone taking the Jags seriously? Because because of Blake Bortles. Blake Bortles has been playing. Blake service, Bortles is he's been playing Blake. serviceable football though. But he's the only reason people I, don't take them seriously. He's been playing serviceable football. They have a great run game led by Leonard Fournette, the rookie, 923 yards, yeah. eight touchdowns, and I think he's missed two games this year, right? One for an injury, then one for not showing up to the team picture. Yeah. So he's and then as well as their bye, obviously, but then. They have the number two ranked total defense, and that's behind Denver, which just tells you how bad the Denver offense is. Well, I think they moved up to number one after they played Seattle. I I checked that. Oh, you did? You did? (laughs) They're number one in something on defense. Maybe it's Saks. That's what the nickname Saxonville. Yeah, yeah. No, their defense is definitely good enough. And it it was one of those weird games where they played Seattle, and it was like you sort of saw the Seahawks play 
like a younger version of themselves. Because mm-hmm. I've been saying it for the whole season that Seattle's done. They'll never. They're not. They're never going to get back to the Super Bowl. They're never going to. You know have a team capable of winning a Super Bowl in the Pete Carroll and era Pete again. On his first and goal um, in 2015. Couldn't run. Just wouldn't run on first and goal. And well, yeah. And they'd have created a... Then it wouldn't matter. But, but A moment that will live in infamy. But um, but I think they played a, a younger version of themselves on defense. Mm-hmm. Russell Wilson couldn't do what he usually does, nope. which is scramble every play. I mean, the guy's been playing for three years without an offensive line. It's like he's forgotten what one is. <laughs> he's been playing behind the likes of former college basketball players who are on the team because they're huge. Yes. yes. Yeah. And that's exactly why mm-hmm. he's so good at scrambling. But that can't be a formula to win Super Bowls. Your quarterback has to have time to throw, see downfield, and see plays develop, which he does miss. He's great at seeing them develop, but he misses them, mm-hmm. partly because he's always on the run, and Jacksonville wouldn't let him get away and get yeah. any room. And even though... It was like a one-score game. It didn't feel that close all the way through. And, I mean, the Jags are 9-4 right now, and they had the Texans coming up who have just been awful, god-awful since Sean Watson's yeah. gone down with that torn HCL. Then they're at the 49ers with facing Jimmy Garoppolo. Still has never <laughs> lost a career start yet. Jimmy G has that, been uh, looking the part. Generous. If he'll lose one, he'll lose that one. <laughs> He's been looking the part, though, Jimmy Garoppolo. Let me just say that. And then to close out the season, they're – in, in Nashville versus the Titans. And the Titans, in my opinion, are they the worst 8-5 team ever? I think so. Well, I don't necessarily... Marcus Mariota has more interceptions than touchdowns this year. He's I the know. most overrated player in sports. He's not a good quarterback. That class was awful. Him and Jay Wins have not done anything. No, Jay Wins has not been eating a lot of W's this year. <laughs> he hasn't eaten a lot of W's in his career, but he's eaten a ton of interceptions. Uh, I think I, I heard the stat from a uh, good old Scott Hansen on NFL Red Zone on Sunday. I think in uh, I think it was forty-one career games for uh, Winston, something right around there. He's fifty-two career turnovers. So I'm a big supporter of Jameis, but it's uh, I, for his on-field play, not his off-field antics. <laughs> but uh, no, don't not condoning yeah. any of that. But, but, but uh, on the field, he's fun. Yes, yeah, he's cleaning up his act, and that's, but he's fun to watch on the field. Like these guys have both reached their third year, and if you can't take leaps forward in your third year as a quarterback, you're probably not a great quarterback for this league. So I don't think Marcus Mariota or Jameis Winston panned out. No. And uh, I sort of think that Mariota is going to be used, you know, serviceably to the Titans. The run game is there. The run game is good and the defense is solid. They have no quarterback play and they have no wide wide receivers. I think their best wide out is... Uh, Delaney Walker. Well, he's he's a tight end, yeah, but he's the best pass catcher. And then they have uh, Corey Davis, the rookie, who the rookie has a really uh, Western Michigan completely uh, yeah. at the Bronco. Then they have Rashard Matthews from the Dolphins, a former Dolphin. He's having a good year. And then, uh, but those aren't guys you no. build an offense. And Eric Decker as well. It's just he's an older, mid- middle-aged receiver in yeah. NFL terms. Yeah. Just, he's not as good as he once no. was. And I think the thing with Mariota and Winston, both of them, you look at the systems they came from in college. They excelled there. Both won Heismans, but... Those don't translate to the NFL game. Mariota was running almost like a high school type offense in Oregon, just a fast paced, mm-hmm. mostly option, and you don't really see any NFL teams run that type of system. Well, that's a problem with the college systems, but I think it'll be end up being a uh, it'll it'll end up being a division deciding game when Tennessee and Jacksonville play again. And the Titans handled the Jaguars in Jacksonville, and that was week two before the Jaguars really found themselves as a team. But I still think. It could go either way, and it, it both teams are going to make the playoffs. I don't think there's a chance. I mean, if if either if no if either of them don't, it's Tennessee falling off a cliff. But I still think the Titans' schedule is way too easy. They still play the Texans again, so like 
that's a win right there. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we're talking about the awful quarterback play of Marcus Mariota. Let's just take a minute to mourn. A minute to mourn. MVP frontrunner, Carson Wentz, Who's tearing his ACL on the, uh, America's Game of the Week and took an ugly hit towards ACL, ACL, excuse me, but the Nick Foles era, it's back. <laughs> well, I, I just want to say that was a great game. It was. It was a really good game. It's um, one of those games that you watch as a fan and you're like, I love football. Well, yeah, it was a good game. Um, I was saying that with the Buffalo game just because it was so snowy. But uh, <laughs> I thought I thought that was a really cool game to watch. In Los Angeles, like it's good to see. I know L.A. people. The stereotype is they don't care about football. I mean, they had a casting call. Fox had a casting call to get fans out for their pregame show. <laughs> for the Rams? Yeah. Oh, maybe they still don't care about football. <laughs> I I thought I would assume they'd still be. I'd assume they'd be hyped with the Rams. No, I mean this is kind of. Is it looking like the reincarnation, the greatest show on turf out there under Sean McVay? Oh, they're playing on grass, so I don't know. If <laughs> all right, that's... all right, thanks. I, I know. Coliseum yeah. grass, yes, but no, I I don't think they're they're what Kurt Warner was leading because you know the, I think the numbers aren't quite there, but the defense is better. I think the defense is definitely where is where the strength of the team is. The offense is good; they can go off in games. They were the highest scoring offense for a while. Gurley's a great running back. Um, Goff has taken huge strides forward in his second mm-hmm. year. Definitely. I think he's he got lost in the shuffle because of how great Wentz was doing. But if you look at the standings, Rams are always just behind the Eagles. Um, I think they're going to take care of business, win the division. Now, Seattle, Seattle's got pretty much their ticket written. If they beat L.A. and win out, they're going to win the division, which I think is the only way they make the playoffs because the wild card situation I don't think is going to relent anytime soon. So... Uh, is it possible for Seattle to win the division? Yes, but I think the Rams are just too good a team, and they're going to hold on and actually win in Seattle. Moving back to uh, Carson Wentz and that torn ACL, though. Yeah, talk got about off a, topic there. A bad, yeah, yeah. Bad, uh, talk about a bad day in sports for Philly, though. MB going down with that injury and Wentz going down the same day. The process is just all but gone. <laughs> well, the Eagles, I mean, Could Nick Foles, this team. is... This is the same guy who threw seven touchdowns in a game against. I'm not saying Nick the Raiders. He's a bad quarterback. He's not. I mean, he's just he. He's as you know. It's like getting the keys to a car, like a really nice car. You have a really nice yeah. machine. Don't mess it up. Don't mess it up. Just keep. Just keep it going. That's what Wentz did. I mean, Wentz wasn't. Mm-hmm. He was really great. Obviously, had great numbers, MVP type numbers, and had made huge strides forward in his second season. And Foles is not going to be able to put up the same sort of stats that Wentz did, but he can still win games. I think we're going to be seeing a lot more of that three-headed monster they have in their backfield with J.H.I.E., Leonard LeGarrette Blunt, and Corey Clement, too. I mean, three good running backs. And if Ajayi pans out in Philly, that could go down as the most important trade of their season. Mm -hmm. Definitely. The most important in-season trade, like, of all time. Because if you think about it, those never happen. Those never work out, really. And they never, yeah, they barely ever happen. And when they do, it usually doesn't work. And when they do feature Jaya, he has been putting up really good numbers. But he's only getting about seven seven or eight years a game. Yeah, well, that's sure to change with Foles under center. And Foles really just has to be serviceable. He he has three code running backs to hand it off to. And a decent crop of receivers. He doesn't have to, to be Carson Wentz. He just has to be a serviceable quarterback and just do what's expected of him to win games. And uh, that was breaking down the NFL for the past week. Uh, heading into the playoffs, we're now going to go into uh, a little bit of a segment we've created. 
good, bad, and different in honor of Coach Bill Gleason. Coach Gleason's uh, also gave us the inspiration for the title of this podcast, the All-Plastic Team. Forgot to mention that. I apologize. But uh, so you're going to say one good thing, one bad thing, and uh, something you're really just indifferent to, don't really care about. Who wants to start? I guess I'll, I'll go ahead and oh, start. Wow. So, uh, so noble of you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, yeah, as my think this is a little controversial. My good is the Giancarlo Stanton trade in Come baseball. Come on. It's great. No. I love it. And I'm not a Yankee fan. I, I, I don't like the Yankees. I'm not going out of my way to cheer for the Yankees. I think it's great for baseball when the Yankees are great. It, I mean, it always is. Well, they've, they're the villain that unites the common, yeah, it's common enemy. It's <laughs> the Yankees. It's a common enemy. Fathers and sons hate the Yankees, and they bond over that hatred. Common enemy um, for the whole league now. Okay. Loved, loved the uh, the hype around the league. Everybody, ever, not going to mention any specific teams, but so many people from certain contenders thought that because their GM did some stuff in Boston, that they were going to get Giancarlo Stanton and Bryce Harper and that Japanese guy and be the best Otani? team ever put together. Yeah. Um, but, but you know, at the end of the day, I think it's good for baseball because when when the Yankees are good, everybody's got someone they can love to hate. And I think personally, they're still not. They're still not no. like miles ahead of the Astros. No, they don't have the, the quality of starting pitching. And I think, building off what you said, seeing star players unite on the same team. I'm an NHL fan, and you don't see that happen because mm-hmm. of the god awful salary cap. So seeing teams acquire elite superstars in their prime, that's that's awesome to see all these guys play on the same team. You know, you almost root for that to happen, and I was excited to see Stan go to a team like the Yankees rather than a small team where he'd be the only superstar there. And Stanton's quote uh, at his presser yesterday: "I feel bad for the baseballs." I mean, yeah, they're, <laughs> well, they're going to be flying out of the. The Bronx Bombers are back. They, I mean, they were back last year. Yeah. Now they're just even. Now they're up in the ante. But yeah. I think that that strategy is is flawed because baseball is such a streaky sport. If you if your whole lineup is a similar type of hitter, the Yankees being power hitters, mm-hmm. you need guys on base also to hit home runs. You need yeah, to they they got those. They got those guys. They got those guys in. Um, what's his name? Gardner. Brett Gardner. Brett Gardner. Didi Gregorius. Gregorius. Yeah, he's he's great. Greg Bird, a quality first baseman if he could stay healthy. And also, I just want to chip in that I like the hire for of uh, Aaron Boone. Of Aaron Boone he's as the manager. To I enjoy the no hire. managerial experience. No managerial like, experience. Like sure, just. Doesn't know what he's walking into, but but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be quick to judge him. I think he's gonna do just fine having a, as good a team as he can. has. Yeah, it's like driving a fine car; just don't mess it up. <laughs> it's also not the same as what you know people consider coaching in other sports. You just kind of gotta keep yeah. it going. Yeah. Um, my bad, my bad is the other big signing in baseball. Uh, don't know his first name. Show Show High. Shatani. Shatani. Oh no, his no, last no, name is Otani. His last name is Otani. His first <laughs> name is like Shon High. So, okay, all right. Shon Otani to the Angels. Um, loves, I know. What's the culture on the West Coast? He does love West Coast culture, and maybe he just wants to be closer to home. It's, to the it's home islands. But that was partially partially the decision. His, uh, yeah. Did you see his big like? Wish list for the <laughs> yes, yes, yeah, small market West Coast team. I do like that he went after West, uh, small market. I yeah, mean, it gives hope to the small market team. He's gonna be a big fish um, in a small pond, right? Not exactly though, because I mean, he, he's got Mike Trout. He's still and that's the biggest up, fish in the league. Well, that's the, what's so weird about it is he ended up going to a small market team, but they're in Los Angeles. 
Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, the weirdest part about that is they're still somehow a small market team because they're in Los the same Angeles. city as the Dodgers. And, yeah. And what? And and they were there first, I think. Or no, no, they came along. Yeah. But they were still, yeah, they were the... The Anaheim Angels. They were the California Angels for a the while. California Angels. And then the Anaheim Angels or the California Angels of Anaheim, whatever. Um, I don't like this. I don't like this signing because I think he should have gone to the Dodgers. I actually had no problem with it when it happened, but then after hearing the Stanton trade, I just thought, what a battle of Titans it would be if Otani signed with the Dodgers, and then we had a Dodgers-Yankees World Series where mm. these guys were all playing against each other, mm. and I just thought that'd be the coolest thing for a while in my head. So uh, that, that was my, that's my bad. My indifferent, um, my indifferent is from the world of entertainment, it's movie trailers. I know people freak out over movie trailers. They just dropped the movie trailer for Jurassic World. Yeah. Jurassic World and then the Avengers. The Avengers was great. Yeah, and, and then, that, that and then like... Star Wars and oh, like all these on. all these trailers. But I'm indifferent to them because they're not the movie. They're misleading, too. They try to Some of them are misleading. And it's, they're still going to take your money when you go <laughs> see them in theaters. Well, that's the thing. If I, if I... Like, there's always these comedies that come out around Christmas... These dark comedies that yeah. are rated R and they're supposed to be full of really, you know, dirty humor. But the best jokes are always in the trailers and you watch the movies and they, they stink. <laughs> so I don't think it's going to be... That's why I'm indifferent to movie trailers. I, I'm going to go see the Star Wars, but I haven't even seen the trailer for it. You know? I like being surprised. So I'm indifferent no to expectations. That's, that's decent. All right. Well, uh, based off of that, I'll start with my good. Uh, Star Wars is here. Yeah. That's, uh, that's my good. <laughs> My uncles uh, had these tickets lined up for a while, going on Saturday, and uh, it can't come soon enough. I've been reading nothing but good things, and I just I can't wait. There's two hours and thirty minutes. Oh, I mean, long. it's that's the longest long one. one. It's the longest one, but I'm it's a long I'm well, excited. Attack of the Clones was long too, and that one that was uh yeah. The Last Jedi is uh, gonna be something else that I've heard. Mark Hamill had his greatest performance, <laughs> so I. Uh, I'm sure Luke is going to be throwing us some uh, twists and turns along the way. More than a single look <laughs> to the camera. A little more. Hopefully. But uh, my bad. Uh, this was yesterday morning. It started out my week great. I woke up to my car battery being dead. So, uh, you know, my... It's happened to me before. My old reliable 1996 Saturn. Got uh, 32,000, about 400 miles on it. It's uh, She's, she's beaut. But... um. You know, I'm an old man. My body is fragile. I have a a back, uh, like a back heat thing. Like it's a back seat the, warmer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Thank you for putting the words in my mouth. And of course, I uh, left that plugged in overnight. Ooh. And uh, my battery is completely drained. But, oh well, it's fixed. I didn't have to buy a new battery. Happy about that. Something I'm indifferent to is the craze in the media this week over President Trump drinking a dozen Diet Cokes a day. What's the big deal? What is the big deal? I'm not even. No, I'm not even. I'm not even lying. I didn't even know that. Yeah, well, so <laughs> I, I didn't even. I'm with Gaz here. I'm always. I'm always slow to catch up on news, but I had no idea that that happened. Yeah, this is uh, supposedly a big issue that our president is drinking a dozen. Really? Pe- day. People are upset about that. Be while he's doing his work, and uh, they, what do they think? The sugar influences yeah. decisions, makes him erratic. I'm, I it? mean, if it's he, uh, at least he's not drinking at work. It may seem like he is at certain points, but. He's drinking a dozen cokes a day. Whatever. We're uh, we're gonna stick to sports. <laughs> yeah, stick to sports. Yeah, but I mean, it's 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 goofy. But every yeah. little thing the president does is Doesn't no matter who the president is. is. Yeah, in the world we live in, no matter who the president is, they're always gonna be dissected for everything that they do. 
You know, if, if, if Trump sits down and plays shoots and ladders with his adult children, I'm, I'm sure <laughs> some news site is going to find a way to turn that into our, our country's going down the tubes. <laughs> he does have a barren though, but uh, moving on, Leo, what do you got? Well, I'm going to start off with my good here. Um, I was watching the Army Navy game on oh, Saturday. Oh, the uniforms? Those na- Navy oh, uniforms. Those might have been the best college mm-hmm. football uniforms we've seen this season. I think Armies weren't bad either. Oh, no, they Armies were bad. They camouflage in, though. Yeah, they were. They knew. They knew. I always come prepared. And, uh, you know, just watching that game, that was really just an extra dose of college football the week after the conference championships. you got to love that tradition that it's always mm-hmm. after the season ends. It's the only game on. It puts such an emphasis on it. It makes every household in America should watch that game, in my opinion. And we got to see Brother Rice's very own Joe Sweeney on TV. Oh, yeah. The National oh, that was, yeah. Uh, Joe, respect, <laughs> if you're listening, which I doubt. But Probably isn't. And moving on to my bed, it, I'd have to just go with the Vegas Golden Knights. This team, they Don't. are sitting in second place in their division. And they, they... I love them. What they do is not... It doesn't make sense. You look at teams like the Carolina Hurricanes that have been rebuilding smartly, making smart trades, acquiring prospects, just building up a young core for six, seven years. And they're barely on the verge of making the playoffs. And you see a team of Vegas that just picks guys that... Other the teams didn't draft. want. Supplemental draft. Yeah. And some of these guys are nothing more than bums. They went in the season with the intention of being bad and being able to trade everybody because most of their team has less than a year left on their contract. Mm-hmm. They went into into this season with the idea of just selling at the deadline, and they are unintentionally good. Their GM, George McPhee, I don't think planned this and looks like a genius now, but <laughs> it is just tough to watch because I don't understand watching this team. There's no, no particular area of their game they do well. They're not an offensive force or a defensive juggernaut. They just go out there and beat teams, and it confuses me. I don't like it. And with the, his uh, performance as a GM, it brings up the question, will he be the next uh, Cleveland Browns GM? And we've seen it before, <laughs> Billy Bean. Well, who, just, who just got hired to uh, be the all GM? Oh, the, the old guy from uh, KS, uh, not KFC, KC, excuse me. <laughs> Kansas not, City. Not, the uh, one who turned not the him, colonel. Yeah. Not the colonel. But, uh, no. All right. Yeah. So... What else you got, Leo? Uh, my indifferent is the Otani signing. I really think it's a he's a good player. I don't think he's going to be the the superstar everybody is projecting for him to be. I think he's just a little overhyped. I think will he make the Angels better? Yes, but will he make them a World Series contender automatically? I don't think mm-hmm. so. I think he's just going to be a, a good player. Uh, will he play both ways? Who knows? They said he is. They, they promised him that that's why else would he sign them. Yeah. Um, I just want to chip in. I thought about this. We haven't mentioned it. Um, I'm going to throw it in as a good that Baker Mayfield won the Heisman. Oh. <laughs> and he won it by a mile. That's, that needs to be said. Oh, yeah. Heisman <laughs> voting? Oh, it wasn't even close. <laughs> Baker Mayfield. And, I mean, I was upset with the speech. It was a little more formal than I expected yeah, from Baker. We were not expecting that. This is where Baker Mayfield has to fix his image and become a first-round pick. He's already, I mean, I think he's projected to be a late first-rounder. And we've seen but, undersized, everyone always undersized. Drew Brees is ridiculously undersized. Or Johnny and the Manziel. guy's a Hall of Famer. <laughs> Different <it>. scenario with <laughs> Johnny Manziel. But Baker Mayfield could easily succeed in the NFL. Easily. And the guy thrives off of being beaten on. Oh, yeah. And if NFL scouts are trashing him, that's all. I mean, he's just going to be better. Um, I also quickly want to say... With the way the Browns have played, 
they can't sit there. They can't sit there and pretend that Deshaun Kaiser is the future at quarterback. I never thought he was. They no, they were saying it. I know the way the commentators, yeah, the way <laughs> they were talking him up. The Browns are gonna draft a quarterback with the first pick, and I honestly, whoever it ends up being, Darnold or Rosen. I'm or, sorry. Well, no, they got Josh Gordon back. No, I'm saying it's not. It shouldn't be. I'm sorry. Whoever that is should be open to playing in Cleveland. Like yeah. this is the first year in however many years. Coleman's not bad. Coleman has Gordon shown Coleman shown is, up in his rookie season. Nice Josh Gordon is back. The defense is good. The run oh, yeah. defense against Green Bay, they had about four or five stops for a loss and about eight or nine stops for no gain. Like this is a good a team that with the right quarterback play could instantly go from mm-hmm. winless, which is what they are right now, to like four wins. Little I can even see even more. more. I mean, yeah. They have a solid Running back duo as well, Isaiah Crowell and yeah. Duke Johnson. I mean, they, they could improve the running oh, back absolutely. position. But Duke Johnson has been playing a lot of slot receivers. Yeah. Sure, showing his work, and they also have a young tight end in David Njoku. Rookie. He's good. He's very good. He's it's just, it's just they need, athletic. they need. I mean, they've they always need needed a quarterback. a quarterback. They've always needed a quarterback, and whoever that ends up being, whoever they take first overall pick, should probably be the first Cleveland Brown quarterback since they were reborn in 1999 to be excited mm-hmm. to go and play for the Cleveland Browns. Because if you restart. The quarterback that restarts that franchise and kickstarts them and propels them into contention, statues. Guy will be a guy will be a god in that. The city. equivalent of Nick Saban. In, yeah, uh, Tuscaloosa. Yeah, incredible. I just had to get that get that out there because after watching, I watched the Packers game, and I just thought that the Browns are not nearly as bad as everyone's giving them, you know, credit for being. Well, yeah, definitely about that. I, the fact that Sam Darnold supposedly doesn't want to declare for the draft if Cleveland gets the first pick, that's absurd. You look at what they have. They are. Everybody looks at them, just assumes that just because of the Browns, they they got nobody on the roster. They very, they have a very underrated defensive line. They have some difference mm-hmm. makers there. You look at, you know, Miles Garrett, what he could possibly become, and Danny Shelton as well, another young. They have some young pieces line. that, if with the right quarterback, they could thrive very quickly. And people just say, oh, they're the Browns, so they won't be anything. But I think they are in a more favorable position than people give them credit for. Protection isn't bad either. I mean, and when they get Joe Thomas back uh, next year. Whoever this rookie is is going to be protected by oh, one of definitely. the best veterans, yeah. best leaders in the game. And Joe's not going anywhere. He wants to be a Cleveland Brown right. for life. He's yeah, been, been there for the long haul at oh, this yeah. point. Why would he leave? Oh, yeah. I think him making the playoffs just once in his career would be like as vindicating as winning a Super Bowl for most players mm-hmm. after what he's been through. All right. Now, uh, our next segment, it's, uh, we're going to call this one Check Your Portal. Uh, we have uh, plus portals here at Rice now. It's like... See our grades, our and uh, everything else, our schedule. But thing is, uh, check your portal if you have any disciplinary action. So uh, Michael Bennett he started Oof. a brawl, rolled over the knees of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, long snapper, just why? You're supposed to be a Walter Payton Man of the Year candidate. Check your portal. I got one. Uh, Boston College student section. Charge the court against Duke. They had to <laughs> shut the lights out on him. Boston, Boston College students, check your portal. Uh, mine goes to Ryan Hartman, local guy, right winger of the Chicago Blackhawks. He gets scratched for high sticking a player on the Washington Capitals in the face, and then during the game, he's seen liking tweets, um, uh, negative tweets about players on his own team. Just check your portal, dude. Come on. Uh, Jaguar fans, you know, we are talking about the, the antics formed by Michael Bennett on the field, but <laughs> off the field, throwing bottles at the, at the Seahawks players after a big victory for the Jags. You also got to throw 
the actual uh, Seahawk players on there as well for going after them. Jaguar fans and Seahawk players, check your portal. And on the subject of NFL fan bases, you can't <laughs> do a check your portal segment without bringing in the Bills Mafia, <laughs> who was seen, were actively seen diving on grills after running out of tables <laughs> in the Buffalo area. I don't know if these people are breaking into houses and stealing tables now, but I mean, if if they're out of tables and you're at the point where you're jumping on grills, you gotta you gotta check your portal. Something has to be done there. The uh, lastly, uh, California wildfires. You guys suck. <laughs> check your portal. <laughs> keep, hey, they're good for the forest sometimes. All right, well, not in this. Instance. This one's too big. Check your portal. Uh, last segment. Uh, this is one we're going to call Crusader of the Week. And uh, it's been a little bit of a slow week here. Last uh, week or so at uh, 99th and Pulaski. A lot of, I mean, everyone here. Everyone here is part of the all Pulaski team. As Coach Gleason would say, we're all superstars here at Brother Ice High School. We're all Crusaders of the Week. But uh, we're going to have to touch on one specific group of people this week. Illinois State Scholars. Illinois State Scholars, that's right. Uh, we had 29, I believe. And uh, every one of those kids has just been, I, you know, we know them since we're seniors and they're all seniors and we've known each other for four years now. Great group of guys. Don't have the exact list to name all of them, but um, I just, I think they have been great leadership examples to the school mm. and have really proven that academics, you know, they work here. And if you, if you put in the time, you're going to get the reward at the end of the tunnel, which is, you know, going to college and going away with not a ton of debt on your shoulders and, you know, this they're a perfect example for all the young kids, if they're listening out there, what you can get <laughs> when you put work into high school academically. And I think these are all guys that are just true Brother Ice Crusaders. They come from local Southside schools, you know, the St. Christina's, the mm. Old Holy Redeemers, Queen of Martyrs, and they're they're all involved. You know, you don't see any of these kids that don't have anything on their on their body of work here at Rice. They're in clubs, they're on sports teams. They they just exemplify what a Brother Ice Crusader should be. Good for those guys. Oh yeah, and uh, all stu- a bunch of student athletes in that group as well. I mean, you guys got guys like uh, Tom Phelan and uh, Tom Kleis, Matt Papernick, Gavin Sullivan. And, uh, of course, you can't forget Keegan Jones. <laughs> but I uh, also just want to add uh, one more Crusader of the Week, uh, Mr. Antos. Just uh, just for being you, Mr. Antos, and uh, keep it up. Yeah, keep it up. We love you. This is uh, this is gonna wrap up our. Uh, our first episode of the All Pulaski Team. Please for, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe our podcast. We really appreciate it. 